Welcome to Copy Chief Radio. I'm your host, Kevin Rogers. This is the show where you hear directly from all the experts at copychief.com how to write better, sell more, and have a greater impact using the power of your words. Let's do it. Welcome back to Copy Chief Radio. It's Kev Rogers here. I'm the chief, and this is uh, the show where you get to get some deeper insights into things we discuss and learn inside of Copy Chief at copychief.com. And really uh, super excited to bring on Pauline Longden today. Pauline is, uh, I don't want to, I can't even say up and coming copywriter anymore because she is well established in our industry as a go-to copywriter. And especially in the last year or so, it's just every time I see Pauline or what she's up to and the kind of projects she's working on, uh, it's just bigger and bigger and bigger and well-deserved. I know she works and studies this craft uh, as hard as anybody out there and has a lot of you know unique talents to bring to it. So, Pauline, thanks for being here, and I'm really excited to dig into this with you today. Yeah, thanks, Kevin. It's awesome to be here. This is going to be fun. So we're going to talk about this post that you've put up in Copy Chief all about the conscious consumer. Mm. Um, and this has sparked a huge response. And people, I mean, not just, hey, good post. It's like people are, uh, there's a huge dialogue going on here back and forth. So that's when you know you've, you've, you're really teaching something interesting and unique. So thank you for that. All right. You're welcome. It, it actually surprised me because it's something that I've had in the back of my mind for so long, but um, just, yeah, rudely kept it to myself. Yeah, yeah <laughs> very rude. <laughs> well, it's out there now, so let's explore it. First of all, tell us, tell us what you mean by conscious consumer. Well, the conscious consumer is something that I've I've been keeping an eye on, and I thought it sounded a little, you know, too woo-woo to discuss in in forums such as the Copy Chief, and that's why I kept it to myself. But um, I guess when I'm talking about the conscious consumer, I'm just talking about people who uh, are reading between the lines of your copy and and your marketing. You know, they're um, who was it? It was um, Dan Kennedy that said, "We're not marketing to virgins anymore," and for me, the conscious consumer doesn't have an age group. They they are millennials. They're Y. They're X. They're baby boomers, and they're, you know, the old timers. They're they're in every generation, but they just they just seem to be the really switched on. You know, been sold to before. Can see what you're doing, and you, you just have to really justify yourself uh, just that little bit more. Mm, yeah. So, if we're thinking about Eugene Schwartz, this there be he talks about the awareness of your market, right? So yeah, the, these yeah. would be a little bit advanced. They're, they're aware of your product, they're aware of their problem, and they're, for lack of a better phrase, maybe a little bit jaded to mm-hmm. to the surface level solutions. Yeah, and also um, with Eugene Schwartz, I mean, he always talks about, you know, the way to get, um, stand out in a, in a crowded market is to introduce a new mechanism but I, I really think that the conscious consumer is a wake up to the new type of mechanisms that people are using. Um, so I think they are really like hyper aware. There's, um, I think there's something that marketers haven't seen before. Mm. Okay, great. So now that we know who they are, where they where they're at, wh- what do we need to know about them? I mean, is this uh, is this a you know temporary condition or is this something you see only expanding? <laughs> 
Well, in the post, I cheekily said that um, I think that people who think this is a fad are doomed to, you know, be out of business fairly soon. I think it's something that's just going to grow and grow. I think, um, you know, just reading Facebook posts, but even, you know, on Facebook ads, how people can comment. I always read the comments underneath those ads, in, in spe- especially the market that I'm marketing to, just to see what the um, – uh, the cynicism and also the skepticism is underneath those ads. And people are giving us so much material. I, um, I think if people overlook this conscious consumer as a fad, I think they're going to um, basically die like a dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, for sure. What, what would keep people from marketing correctly? To Because it seems like you want your uh, – consumer to be conscious i mean obviously there's different markets and different levels of kind mm. of sophistication but uh, what what kind of mistakes do you see people making or do you see a trend with the type of marketers who choose to ignore this or is it more about people who have good intentions but are kind of making common mistakes i think i think it's in both camps there kevin i think you're always going to have the marketers who say, you can't teach me anything and this is just a passing trend. Sort of reminds me when people um, said, you know, marketing to women women is um, ridiculous. I'm just going to market to men and that's it. You know, if I get, if I upset women, who cares? But I mean, you've got to to look at society. I mean, women make up like, I think it's about 85% of the buying decisions and influence 15% of, of the rest. So that's pretty much they got it all covered. Yeah. And um, I mean, here's a great example of um, a buying decision made by a woman. I, I was talking to a speaker in Australia one day. He'd come all the way from the US and he'd run out of toothpaste. And he said, Pauline, do you know where I can buy some Crest to- uh, toothpaste? I said, no, that's not a brand in Australia. We just don't have it. He was devastated. He didn't know, you know, where he was going to get his favorite toothpaste from or what he's going to brush his teeth with. I said, "What? why is Crest so important to you? He said, well, I use it. My wife uses it. My kids use it. My mother used it. My grandmother used it. Like, it's our family toothpaste. And I'm just thinking back in the, I think it was about like the 50s or whatever year the that Crest Toothpaste came out, they obviously had a great message to that one woman. And look how many people in her family now use Crest Toothpaste. I mean, that's that's the longevity of, you know, tapping into the right market. And so just as women have a big buying, you know, like um, weight in the market, I think the conscious consumer, because they are women as well and they are also men. So, you know, you've got the double... um, effect of that there so I, I think ignoring them so I think marketers who ignore and, and just you know dig in their heels um, really need to maybe have a look at who the conscious consumer is and also then you've got marketers who maybe think that they're doing it and sometimes I see marketers you know do that fake empathy you know mm. it's not your fault and yeah. I know how you feel and it's like I used to be a nurse and one phrase a nurse will never, ever say to a patient is, I know how you feel. Um, There's some NLP marketers that will use it and they say that they use it really well. It just makes my skin shiver, you know, and and my, um, yeah, my hair stand on end when I hear someone say, I know how you feel because it's one of the most disingenuous thing you can say to anyone and I've, I've seen it, you know, in real life when people have just really shut down. Um, when someone said that to them. Interesting. Yeah, that's a really good point. What's a better thing to say? 
Um, usually it would be something like, okay, so when I was a nurse, instead of saying I know how you feel, it's like, um, oh, it's it's really hard to say on the spot. It's usually something like, um, I, I appreciate how you feel or mm. it must be hard mm. or it, it's – you, but I, I think why it's hard for me to get into that now is because it really comes from that place of the heart. Mm-hmm. Ted Nicholas says, when you write from the heart, you get to the heart, you know, you, you, mm-hmm. you need, really need to, to learn that. And I think a lot of marketers are too busy faking it till they make it. And I, I'm not a subscriber to that. I, I think if you're faking it till you make it, you leave a, t- a trail of fakery behind you. And when you get used to the fakery around you, that's all you see and that's all you do. So, you know, just tap into your heart and get that empathy um, yeah. towards people. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah. And, you know, look, you don't have to have the same exact experience, but mm. it's a really good point you bring up about not saying I know how you feel I, I you know when we're in a situation like a one-on-one a private conversation where somebody's been through something tragic and and you know you don't know how they feel the, the, mm. I think the trouble people have on a personal level and maybe this is rooted in why people say the wrong things even in copy is that they don't know what to say mm. right yeah and yeah it's an interesting, that's why I love things like ask method and things where we're, we, the conversation starts with, tell me how you feel. Mm-hmm. Right? So if yeah. you're a nurse and you walk in the room, you're saying, how are you feeling? Tell me how you feel. One to mm-hmm. 10, where's your pain? What's going on? Or they're frightened or all these things where, and it's, it's really interesting insight that a nurse would never say those words. And because they learn probably beyond being taught some bedside manner, I think just instinctively being around people who are suffering all the time, you just know how hollow those words sound. Yeah. And especially if you've ever said them or you've seen someone like a peer or, or a colleague say it mm-hmm. and just see the um, visceral response of the person who's received those words, it's 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 almost like you've just given them a, an uppercut to their jaw. It's like, you know, you just smashed their jaw. And, and the way that they, they shut down physiologically, um, you know, it's it's something that you'll never forget if you ever witness it. And and um, unfortunately for me, well, fortunately, and this helps me with my copy, is I, I, I remember having those conversations with people and seeing how they reacted. And so when I'm writing, and this is, you know, everyone knows this is a copy tip, is when I'm writing, I'm actually having an intimate conversation with those people. So I, there's no way there can't be empathy in what I write right. because I'm really in that in that conversation and in that moment. Have you ever had a job where you really had a difficult time relating to the avatar? A copy um, job? Not really, actually. Um, the, the funny thing with my copy career was I was on a copy team for about three years and I wrote in that um, job I wrote for about 47 different industries and sub-industries and people were saying, are you ever going to niche? And I said, um, I'm actually enjoying myself too much having all these multiple conversations with all these interesting people. Mm. So um, I think if you really do the research and uh, research the avatar, but then you also dimension dimensionalize them into one person you know i mean 
I think a lot of people with Avatar, you know, they say, oh, they're a woman between the ages of 30 and mm. six, 65. Yeah. And, I was, and I did this in a seminar that I was talking at and I, I got everyone in, in the room. I said, okay, if you're a female, put your hand up, put their hand up. I said, okay, so now a woman between the ages of 30 and 65 and all the women put their hands up. I said, okay, so now usually that's all we have um, in the in the avatar selection criteria. So let's uh, see what we can get to talk to all of these women, you know, their mothers, their daughters, their aunts, their grandmothers, their career women, They've um, some who've got children, some don't want children. How are you going to talk to all these people? So then I actually then showed them by, you know, chunking down to just one person. Then you can have that intimate conversation. So I think you really, with the avatar, just condense it down to one person and you'll be able to write really connecting, convincing copy. And this is really relevant to the conscious consumer because they don't like that. Hey, everyone, copy. It's right. like, hey, how are you doing? You know, what you said about the ask method, perfect. Like, how's your day today? But really caring, you know, not that empty statement of, um, you know, like someone says, how are you today, you know, at a, at a seminar, but they're looking over your shoulder for right. someone more important or, or interesting. It's like, no, 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 just being in that moment, eye contact and just making that person feel that they are your whole world for that moment in time. Love it. Talking with Pauline Longden. Her website is thecopyalchemist.com. Great stuff. So let's talk about, this is where it gets a little tactical because people are listening and they're going, this all makes great sense. How do I speak more consciously to the conscious consumer? And in your post, you talked about sort of the three things, these needs that we, we have to have if we're going to sort of appropriately approach a conscious consumer. You want to cover this? Yeah, for sure. So the first need that I, I observed with the conscious consumer is that any business that wants their money uh, needs to be purpose-focused, not profit-driven. Um, because the conscious consumer, they do not want to be a cash cow. Like they are more than happy to give you money and they realize that if they want to buy a service or a product, they're going to have to buy it from someone. So how do you stand out as that person or that that one, you know, person or, or service in a whole sea of sameness? And that is, you know, um, they want you to – they're happy for you to make money, but it can't be at their expense. So too often I see on Facebook people rubbishing their clients or their, their customers and it's like – do you not understand the idea of social media? No, people are actually watching you, you know, right. watching what you're saying. And then, you know, it's it's um, used to be in the olden days, like before social media, you know, if you upset someone, they just tell one or, one or two people. No, no, social media, they tell freaking everyone and as many people as they can. So, yeah. you know, never make your profits at the expense of the con conscious consumer. Um, you need to use your profits mindfully. And this is something that I'm starting to see is um, – Companies that are supporting like oil drilling or environmental things, you know, companies that use palm oil in their in their confectionery. And we had a big thing in Australia where one of our um, chocolate makers um, called Cadbury's, I think they're in the US as yeah. well, uh, they swapped out um, some of their ingredients and put in palm oil. Mm. Oh, my goodness. It was an outrage in Australia because, I mean, palm oil actually is – 
you're compromising and decimating the orangutan environments in 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 Asia. So you know, um, Cadbury's made a huge mistake there. And then you've got like cafes who make a stand and disapprove of like breastfeeding. Well, then all the mother groups will you know like um, get in there. And this is more than the social justice warriors. This is like people who you know there are there is that factor. But the social justice warriors, they're not going to actually, you know, do anything because a lot of them are just jumping on the bandwagon of a cause. They don't actually buy. But where the conscious consumer is different, they will take their money elsewhere and you you will not know that you've upset them. They just – they're not going to argue with you. They just go and that's it. Yeah. Your profit's gone. Right. So they really need to approve and support your cause and what you're actually doing with your money. And, I mean, we saw that whole debacle of Cecil the line and then um, that dentist who shot the line. But then um, some other things came out about big game hunting and then the um, CEO of GoDaddy, he was an avid hunter as well. So then people started to move away from GoDaddy. You know, there, there's usually a lot of fallout and there, there's a lot of collateral damage if you don't do the right thing by your um, conscious consumer. Yeah, it's a really good point. It's something that can crop up when it's not an issue yet, right? You know, exactly. A, a more direct result is like I think a food babe exposing Subway for the what she wisely dubbed the yoga mat chemical yep. <laughs> that they're putting yep. in their bed and their bread, and all the advertising since that for Subway, if they've, you know purported to be a conscious company now and and mm-hmm. you know but the good thing is that they they the more they brand themselves that way and purport to be that way then the more they're going to be investigated and the more they have to step it up and do the best they can so yeah you really can't affect change people do have the power like you said a lot of times people will just take their money elsewhere without a word about it but mm-hmm. Uh, there also can be upheaval and the companies that are able to change or willing to change can can recover. But, yeah, just, mm. just walking around like a bull in a china shop anymore, despite what our U.S. president believes, <laughs> is yeah. probably not going to do it if people get to vote with their, do- with their wallets every day. Yeah, really good point. Okay, so number two um, is about value. Yeah, so um, be value-driven, not price-driven. So a lot of marketers and, and business owners, they're all about the dollar and, you know, like, oh, how much can I charge for this? And, yes, we all have to charge money, but um, the conscious consumer isn't worried about what things really cost. Of course, if, you know, and I, this goes back to the cash cow principle, you know, you don't want to rip them off. Just because you can charge a lot of money doesn't mean you, you can or you do. But the, the thing is that they value well, they value value more than the price. So, mm. you know, and, and the, but the value is the value to them. You know, like in marketing we see, and I've done it myself as a copywriter, you always have to put a value on, on your content. So, you know, there's a, a free report that's valued at $17. You know, is that a real value because have you sold it? But not only that, is it val- that valuable to the person who's reading it? You, you've got to think about that. And, and when people are giving them gifts, you know, like I've got this MP3 player with, you know, um, all this great material or I've got a CD or whatever – you think that it's valuable, but is it valuable to them? Because like a, an MP3 with 50,000 hours of, of content on it, 
that's how many hours of their time are they are they expected to invest and that is a huge you know and so maybe they will undervalue that because it's it's asking them too much so um the value has to be to them not to you you know so i think that's a really big discernment that is a very good point and you know one place I've seen that in a very tangible way is when people offer you free services if you'll mm. you know, coach them or, or they want to be an apprentice. On the surface, it seems like, wow, how could this person pass this up? Here I am, a person of skill, willing to donate my skill and my time towards their betterment. The problem is it takes a lot of time to interact with somebody and to vet somebody to make sure that they're a good fit culturally for you and and all these other things, right? And so it's easy to sort of be bombastic with an offer like that and almost be a little offended or miffed at someone turning it down because you're not considering what's it cost for them. Every relationship, no matter how simple, requires energy from both parties. So you're making a a really great point there that, that... we all need to consider not only in our offers, but in our just our dealings with people, right? That it's everybody's taxed these days. Fantastic. All right. Number three here. uh, The third need is uh, be honest and don't fake it. I love this one. Yeah. I mean, that comes back to what we spoke at at the beginning about empathy and that, but I mean, but the conscious consumer will see any form of fakery from miles away. And, I mean, they've got a hugely sensitive BS detector. Mm-hmm. You know, they've been sold to, they've been offered every free thing under the sun. And, I mean, who wants free stuff cluttering up their life? So, basically, um, you just need to uh, be honest. And, and that's what we said before. You know, don't try to trick them. Um, also, they'll pick up any uh, discrepancy discrepancies i mean i had a client years ago and oh this is so frustrating but um he was doing a great big buy local campaign because he had one of the multinationals coming to his um small country town and um they were going to take all his all of his customers and clients and so he was you know panicking and he said well i need to get something to get them to come in and i'm going to give away a prize so as luck would have it, I actually came from the exact same area that he was marketing to and I knew the area really well and some of the popular like tourist tours that people could do. So I said, here's my suggestion for a, a prize, get people to come in, enter, uh, leave their details, which is great you know, data collection that he needed to do anyway. Then that went to a, a raffle or a draw and um, what he did was he go, he said, okay, so um, – your prize of a, of a local tour, which was a whale-watching tour in, in a beautiful bay in Australia, he said, no one's going to want to go on that. The locals don't appreciate that. I'm going to send them to Sydney, which is like, you know, a large um, town or city in Australia. Mm-hmm. But it was two two and a half hours away. And I said, well, you're going to send them to Sydney, but you want them to buy local, but you're sending them to <laughs> Sydney? You're actually saying that there's nothing of value in your local town. So this is going to fail. Anyway, so then um, he went with the the trip to Sydney and the whole thing failed and the multinational um, thing just killed his business. Of course, he then blamed the the copy because the copy sucked. But really what it was, was he didn't listen to me because I guess I'm not just a a copywriter. I actually started as a marketer first and then needed to be able to write copy. 
So I could see, you know, where he needed to go with his campaign, but he just wouldn't go there. And, you know, the conscious consumers killed him um, and they went to the multinational because, you know, they knew exactly what they were getting when they spent their money there. Whereas with him, with him, he was just inconsistent and um, incongruous with um, what they wanted from a local business. So, yeah. yeah. So, again, then the, the extra bonus lesson in there is clarity, right? Give people... Mm a very clear offer and make it very clear what's happening. Can't pull a fast one because it's convenient for your agenda. Really cool. Great. All right, Pauline, we didn't have a chance to get to your teabag pensioner test. Uh, so that means we need to do another episode. Okay. And we'll, uh, All right, then. we'll tease everybody <laughs> about what that is. One of your great lumpy male um, marketing packages. And I just hope we can do this again very soon. I know you have so much more to teach and really appreciate you making time for us today. No, thank you, Kevin. And um, thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah, good stuff. Again, you can get more from Pauline at thecopyalchemist.com. Don't second guess yourself. You spell it just like it sounds. Alchemist. (laughs) Thecopyalchemist.com. There will be a link in the show notes at copychief.com forward slash CCR. Thanks for being here, everybody. If you want more of all this goodness, of course, the place to do that is inside the membership area of copychief.com, and you can find out how to join right there on the site. So we will see you next time. Until then, be well. Hey, thanks for listening. I hope you dug the show. Come on over to copychief.com. That's where you'll find all the backlog, all the transcribes, all the show notes, and all the free weekly copywriting tips. Copychief.com.